0: Please bow your heads with me in a word of prayer. Almighty and ever-living God, we thank and praise you for the gift of this day, for the opportunity to be together in worship, and for the gift of your Holy Spirit that opens our hearts to the word that you proclaim in the Scriptures, in Jesus, your Son, and today, in our hearing, God shape us to be Your people, and send us out as You have made us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, I tell you what; um, most of you probably did not have the uh, my story. Right, you don't, None of you have my story. We all have our own story. We talk about that here often as we invite uh, you and, all, and everyone to join us in living the story together. You have a story, God has a story, and we have a story that we live together. Uh, my story is somewhat unique in that there has never been a time in my life where I wasn't part of a pastor's family. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's kind of weird. I know. You're like, that is weird. It's very weird. Um, So, um, but uh, the reality is that the weird part centers on me because uh, I understand my vision of what it is to be in a pastor's family is nothing like what you think it is (laughs) because it's just been my family all the time, right? When... uh, uh, I, I've I've experienced this when people have invited us as as a child. When we got invited to places, uh, the pastor was coming and people would treat us differently. Um, they would think that we needed different treatment. Uh, we don't. Um, we are just the same as all the rest of you. Um, uh, when people would come over to our house, if they knew that I was a pastor now, uh, and, they, and my kids' friends, when they found that out, they would start to... Uh, Uh, think about what they were saying and stuff like that, as if you weren't supposed to think about what you're saying in normal company, but um, here we are, right? And so we would just change, we change how we are because of who we're with, or who we think we're with. And then uh, I've now had the joy and privilege of serving here among you for 11 years, um, and uh, hope to have many more uh, to come. But uh, 11 years that I've been here at Advent, and uh, with me as your pastor and our family, I think we're just starting to chip away at that image of what a pastor's family is like. Because uh, you all, all of you who know us know we are as ordinary, as down-to-earth, as simple, fun-loving, and mixed up as every other family. The only difference is what I do for a living. You do by the grace of God. I say all of that because our lessons today deal with image the image that we present to others and the one that is known and true to those who actually know who we are jesus as he came to his hometown uh i, I love there's so much humor in the bible if you look for it all right um jesus comes to his hometown and he's speaking and teaching there and they're like where did this guy get all this right Because why? Because he's basically going home, and you know, right, just like I was talking about pastor's families, right, if you're part of the pastor's family, you don't have that experience of, oh, the pastor's coming, because guess what? You know who we are. We just treat each other like you treat your family, right? And so there's sarcasm and there's jokes and you know all of the buttons to push that will get people motivated or that can cause frustrations. You know how to uh, uh, figure out uh, what, what will work, what won't work. You get the idea when, when uh, one person in your family says, here's, what's gonna, here's what we're going to do from now on. You know whether they're actually going to follow through with that or whether it's all talk. You can understand all of these things because you know one another. Jesus comes to his hometown, and they look at what he is saying, and they say, but wait a minute, we know you. We know all your brothers and sisters. We, we know your, your parents. We, we know where you came from. We know who you are. And what you're saying here is more than we can wrap our brains around, right? And so Jesus says, a prophet is not without honor except In his hometown and then then there's there's the the, the, my favorite phrase in this whole thing and he could do no deed of power there except to heal a few people who were sick and cast out some demons yeah that's not a deed of power right everybody uh, you you all do that in your family every day right so um, so beyond that putting that aside he really did nothing What could be more than a family statement than that? Beyond that great thing that you did, um, let's talk about who you are, right? Because we know who we are. All of these lessons today wrestle with this idea of who we actually are and presenting ourselves as we are instead of presenting ourselves as we might want people to think we are. As we think that others need us to be. Or as we think that they want us to be. How do we present ourselves to others? How do they receive us? Do we have any control over that at all? I mean, look at our first lesson today from Ezekiel. This is, uh, for those of you who have tried to uh, witness to your family members um, and, and to to uh, lay out what God is doing in your life, and they look at you and kind of like they did with Jesus. Well, you know, you're not—that's great. Um, let's get on with making the hot dogs, right? Um, but uh, they, Jesus, this is Ezekiel's call story. Listen to this: the Lord speaks to Ezekiel and says, "I'm sending you to a people, to the people of Israel. Those are His people." Sending you to your people. To a nation of rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have transgressed against me to this very day. They are, uh, they're, the descendants are impudent and stubborn. I'm sending you to them and they won't listen to you. That's, that's the implication here. They're not going to, you're not going to convince them. Hear this. Because we think we're sent to convince others that they should see the world the way we do. Uh Uh-uh. It's not what you're sent to do. It's not what God sent the prophets to do. God sent the prophets to proclaim the word of God as it was given to them. And he said very clearly, when you do that, a lot of people won't believe you. They won't listen to you. They won't see it the same way. God doesn't see that as a problem. Now you and I might. Ezekiel probably did at times. Jeremiah who has a similar call story. He he grieved about this all the time. Um, But God didn't have a problem with it. We do. And our problem with it actually works against God's calling. Because our problem with it convinces us that we should do something, right? Convinces us that evangelism telling the good news as God has given us is about marketing <laughs> it 's about hooking people in and convincing them that they need what i have right that 's not what evangelism is now that doesn 't mean that you should make it difficult for others to accept what God is doing in their life or in in your life or in our world we don 't have to make it hard on them in fact. Ezekiel was very creative about this. He, he, uh, he, he took a whole month and laid on his side in the middle of the, uh, of the city square. Just laid there for the whole month, right in the middle of everything, so that no one could avoid him. <laughs> right? And then he stood up and proclaimed, and then he went back to his side, to the other side, for the next month. Um, why? Why did he do that? Well, one, because God told him to get the people's attention in this way. And two, because when you do that, even if they don't listen to you, they'll notice you. So Ezekiel was creative about being noticed, but he wasn't sent to argue people into the faith. He wasn't sent to convince everyone else that he, they had to be like him who was sent to proclaim and tell the story that God has given him. So are you. So are you. Paul, our second lesson, with all of the clauses and, and uh, run-on sentences and lack of punctuation, um, Paul uh, wrote half of the New Testament, by the way. Um, So he kind of knows his stuff. He has quite a bit of influence. And uh, in many ways, there's probably nobody in Christianity, save Jesus, more important than Paul. But what does Paul say in this lesson? He starts off in typical Paul fashion, because Paul is a proud man who knows his stuff, and understands he has influence, who controls his image and wants people to pay attention. But what does Paul also understand? That the image he is portraying is is not to point to him. It's to point to Christ. And so while he could stand before the people and talk about, as he does here, tongue-in-cheek, right? I know a man who was taken up into the highest heaven and saw things that could not be repeated to any mortal. Um, But I'm not going to brag about him. (laughs) Instead, I will talk only about my weaknesses. And then he goes on to talk about the thorn that is in his side. Why? So that he doesn't get too full of himself. Paul got it. But why did he get a thorn in the side? Probably because Paul had a problem getting full of himself. Maybe some of us do too. You see, it's really easy to tell people, uh, to try to uh, convince people that we've got all of our stuff together. We even do it with God, don't we? Right? Right? Sometimes we put God in the outside group, not in the family group. And we go to God like, uh, God, I've really been working hard at my faith. My prayer life has really been improved. And so um, now that I come to you, I really need some things. And, and I've been coming through in the best way possible for you. So please, can I have this one? We, you know, we, we've prayed that prayer in so many different ways. As if God doesn't know what's in our heart as if God isn't part of the family that understands us and looks at us and says, Don't we know you? Don't I know? Didn't I grow up with you? Didn't I, didn't I pour water over your head when you were just a few months old and say, You're mine? Haven't I been with you since your birth? Didn't I knit you together in your mother's womb? Ah, God knows us better than we know ourselves, better than our family, better than anyone. We don't have to pretend before God. And you know what? If we understand that, we can start to understand what Ezekiel and Paul and the disciples that Jesus sent out in this gospel today began to understand. We can start to understand that we don't have to pretend before anyone else either. Social media in our world has done a lot of things, but one of the things it's done best is tempt people to pretend. (laughs) To put out before the world what we want them to know about us. It's part of the reason I think we get so up in arms about privacy. Right, because we don't want people to know some things about us only what only what is okay for them to know hmm. what does God know about you what does your family know about you What is known about you when you go home? If the answer to that is, yeah, they know pretty much everything, good. It's as it should be. We don't have to hide from one another. And we don't have to have all of our stuff together for God to use us. We don't have to have this great bag of tricks. Jesus teaches the disciples that very lesson. Right after the, the community that Jesus went back to said, hey, we know you. Jesus says, and you know what? Now I'm going to send all the rest of you out. I won't send you out alone. You don't go out alone. You go out together. Jesus sent them out two by two so that they would know they aren't alone. You are not alone. We are in this together. But he also sent them out with nothing but what they had. The trend in our world today for worship is come as you are worship, right? So I can stand before you today in my shorts and my sandals, which Jesus told me to wear, by the way. Um, uh, So I can stand before you in my shorts and my sandals and my... Clerical shirt, and this is uh, maybe not what you expect to see in in leadership of of worship, but this is who I am, and so I come as I am. And you can, and I hope that that makes you comfortable to come as you are, to not pretend that you're something other than what you are, um, to not worry about hey, what image am I going to project for the congregation to see? Because we're family here, we're community here. You don't have to hide. Be yourself. But Jesus takes that come as you are message one step further when he sends out the disciples two by two with nothing except he does give them a staff. He says, you can take your staff. I don't want you falling down, right? So take your cane with you. It's okay. Take your walker. It's okay. You do, you, you know, go as you are. We want you to be able to walk But you don't need to bring all the other stuff. Go as you are. It's not just come as you are, it's go as you are. It's just as you are free to come into this community as you are because you are known and because God knows you and God accepts you and God calls you and God makes you his own not by what you have done or because you've got your stuff together, but because he has his stuff together. So much so that he gave his whole life for you, that his name would be emblazoned on your forehead, that the world would see him and his life when they see you. Not just in the good parts, but in all of it. How is the world going to understand forgiveness if Christians don't need forgiveness? How is the world going to understand uh, the redemption if Christians don't allow people to be redeemed among us? How can we look at the world and say, well, hey, God has put me right, but you guys better get your act together and be more like me before uh, I want you to be part of my family. No, God just said, come, come as you are. And then he turned around and he doubled down on it and he said, and go as you are. And tell the world who I am. Because there is healing in knowing that God is present with us. When we go together, just as we are in the mixed up ways that we live with all of our buttons and all of our motivations God goes with you and we can trust that the question becomes Do I trust that enough to let the world see who God has sent? I pray this week as we celebrate freedom that you know that that is true freedom. That true freedom is not the ability to do whatever you want, but the ability to know that whatever you do, God is with you. So you no longer have to fear what comes next. Go as you are. Christ is among you. And His power is at work even in your weakness. Amen. Our song of the day today continues with that same theme as we sing together.